The Starving Artist is brought to you by Heavy Water Coffee. With a time-honored passion for the craft, Heavy Water is selecting unique single-origin beans from all around the world and roasting them in micro-batches to maintain the highest level of quality control. High in quality, small in quantity, head over to heavywatercoffee.com. Use promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, that's heavywatercoffee.com. Promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off your order. Starving Artist is also brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV's mission is to help people everywhere live better lives, optimize the body, hydrate those in need, and better the planet. From the electrolyte multiplier to this triple hydration single-use packets, Liquid IV is becoming a staple in the hydration game and is an incredible product for anyone looking to expand their overall health and fitness. Visit liquid-iv.com. Use promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's liquid-iv.com. Promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 20% off. All right. Mike Allen, welcome. Long time coming, dude. Welcome to episode 11, everybody. Um, Last week, we got into the double digits. Uh, Very special guest today, very important person to me in my life. And uh, I just wanted to start off with a quick question for you. How old were you when you lost virginity? Three? (laughs) That is funny. Considering (laughs) you're the most attractive man I've ever seen. Is that a serious? You want me like prolong No, 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 no. I'm just, I was just asking. (laughs) It's a rhetorical question, you fuck. Gotcha. Okay. That was very nice of you. Thank you for that. Yeah. um, As you can see, Mike Allen is extremely attractive, much more attractive than I. I have to work for it. He doesn't. It's bullshit. But uh, so uh, the reason that I think Mike is one of my, actually, I'm going to adjust these levels a little bit, turn this up a little bit. The reason that uh, Mr. Mike Allen here is one of my favorite people is because he is essentially responsible for me pursuing a career in music. And uh, about five years ago, shit, it was 2014. So coming up on seven years now, I guess we, uh, I was working at a, I was managing a bar downtown Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And Mike happened to come in one night and we kind of just hit it off right there. Started working out together and drinking hyphy mud together. (laughs) (laughs) Just, uh, shared a lot of things in common, a lot of, uh, things from our past in common as well. And, uh, you know, just, just overall, like a pretty similar outlook on life and, and how we go about living life. So, um, you know, I wanted to have him on for a number of reasons because obviously you're a person that I really respect and, uh, I admire you for like what you've overcome and accomplished. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you, man. So well, I appreciate it, man. So I'm welcome. really excited to be here. All right. And I'm also excited that you're back from Arizona and we get to have a little time together too. Yes, exactly. Like old days. I'm just kind of like, I feel like it's a first date almost. I know, right? All right. <laughs> um, so kind of one of the things I wanted to start off by talking to you about is um, obviously since I've known you and since we've known each other, like you've always been this hyper ambitious, very driven person. And uh, you've always been definitely like very business minded and oriented. And I, I was kind of curious, you know, what at what age did you kind of start to develop that and like what and what allowed you to have that mindset? Is there something that, you know, from your childhood or what do you think inspired you to start on this path of, you know, entrepreneurship or, and self-ownership and like living a life that you wanted to have under your own control as opposed to, you know, taking a different path? What was kind of the driving factor of that? Yeah, man. Um, first and foremost, thanks again for having me. I'm really excited to, yeah, to be here. And um, yeah, I think this is like stemmed from obviously my childhood. Um, you know, me and you both have very similar childhoods and kind of the way we, we grew up. And I took the mindset of like, I'm not going to go down that path. 
and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to avoid that type of lifestyle. And by no means was I like, certainly like it wasn't the worst childhood by any means. Um, but it wasn't the greatest either. And so I just always tried to pursue, um, pursue a, a lifestyle of more and having, the ability to, you know, have money and to, and I look at money as a tool at the end of the day, it's just a tool to get, you know, get to where you want to go in life yeah. and, and provide for other people. And, um, you know, like the Wolf of Wall Street, you can save the spotted owl with, <laughs> with money. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. there's a, a ton of different things that you can do with that resource. And, um, it's always just been like a, and not that money's only my main focus or has been my main focus, but that drive kind of stemmed from that because growing up without, it makes you want to pursue that a little bit yeah. more. That's actually what I was going to ask you. I mean, I I know that just speaking for myself, you know, noticing like watching my dad, who was a a great dad while he was alive and stuff, but just watching him fucking break his back at a job that he hated for so many years and, you know, seeing my mom take a different path. Oh yeah. Just as a quick caveat, my mom and I hung out the other day and she wanted me to make it a point to like tell her, tell everybody like how amazing she is now, which she is. She thought that I was just like, she's like, you're shit. dogging me every she, day. Dude. I wasn't dogging. I was just giving her, I was actually mom. If you're, you're going to listen to this, I was saying that you've overcome a lot in your life and you should be fucking proud of yourself. And dude. you're a saint and exactly. we all love you. And she fucking loves you. Literally like right before this podcast, my mom texted me and was like, God, Mike is so cute. Like fucking easy mom. Take it easy. But, um, but anyways, yeah, just watching my dad do that and just, you know, just come home so exhausted and just have to fucking drink himself into sleep, you know, is just, that, that's something that very, that's why I wanted to be like, do good at school so I could get into college and then like not have to do those things. I mean, yeah. obviously at, at certain points in my life, I've had to do those, that kind of work, but, but I was always, always just curious about that because, you know, it's something that you and I shared. So I was just curious, you know, like, yeah, I, as far as, um, you know, And this is another question I want to get to too real quick is like, so what do you think, what do you value as maybe one of the most important things that a person can have to see them through the dark times? Because like, I mean, through this, you know, business oriented mindset and this also this, this newfound perspective that you've gained of like understanding what you, who you are as an individual and your existential purpose, you know, what, what's like, would you think is the most important trait for people to keep when, when things are hard and things aren't going your way and like life just keeps for lack of a better term, just shitting on you. So what, what do you, I mean, I know that you've experienced a great deal of that, especially, you know, from Colorado and just like other, you know, other times in your life when you've been in between jobs or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, everybody's different. I'll, I'll say that first and foremost, but for me, it's been God. I mean, my faith in God is like brought me through a lot of shit in my life yeah. because at the end of the day, you're by yourself in this world and I've clinged to God in that mm-hmm. perspective. And so I think my faith is like driven me, um, you know, and motivated me and inspired me and, and pushed me to where I'm at yeah. today. So I think that's a huge thing for me. Um, but I think it's, as I get older, it's like the people that you surround yourself with, because it's also at the end of the day, we have a choice in that we have a choice in who we surround ourselves with. And it has to be positive people. It has to be a positive influence, it has to be people that support you and love you. And uh, far too often, I think the easy route is to take a choice and like start hanging out with people that aren't doing those things. And it might just be an easy way to get intoxicated or have do drugs or whatever the case yeah, may be yeah, yeah. to just kind of avoid those circumstances. But I mean, I'm probably overly ambitious <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to like, to get like a negative degree. And we were talking about this earlier. It's like you constantly, your mind's just freaking going. Right. And mm-hmm. so to be able to, I guess, turn that off, it's easy to just pick up a beer, you know, do those type of things. But I think like the main thing for me is like having a, a small circle and a people that support me and love me and, yeah. and push me through things. Yeah. And I think that to even further that point, like, 
I mean, obviously you and I, I mean, we've talked about the God conversation a lot. Obviously, like we have like different paths on that and stuff. Sure. But like, I've always respected that about you. And like, I've just on the term of religion in general, like, I think that obviously it can be dangerous in many circumstances for a lot of people, just as far as like being a judgment tool and like casting totally. under judgment. But I've always said that if you use religion as a guidebook to just be a better person and like, kind of like give your problems away to a higher cause, it kind of like relinquishes a lot of weight on you you yeah. know so i mean and that people do that in different ways but um well first oh. and foremost i think too like just to speak on that i don't subscribe to a religion yeah it's i'm connected to god i'm a worshiper of god it's not a religion because religion sucks and it's like this thing that that changes you from the outside in where faith changes you from the inside out that's a good yeah that's a really good point and so my connection is to god it's not to religion it's not to my church it's not to my community per se it's um, subjective. It's to subjective. You. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that's, that brings up a, a deeper point too of God of the sense of being the self. It's like, you know, I've experienced, I mean, I've talked about this on previous episodes about like, I've experienced what I, my semblance of God, you know, through psychedelic trips or on stage or when I'm on top of a mountain or whatever. But, totally. um, but to get back to what you said about even having a, a circle that's small, that's important. I, I think that's crucial, dude. Because I've 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 allowed people into my life, and I'm also been in other people's circles that like the activities that they choose to embark on, and the, and what they devote their time and energy to is just so mm-hmm. fucking far off from what I really want. But like, I think when you're younger, you kind of just allow yourself to go into those paths because you maybe aren't thinking as critically as you'd like, or maybe you haven't developed a, a deeper sense of individuality and ability to think for yourself. But like, I've always felt better, like by myself in my home than I would like a at crowd. a bar. With, yeah. yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, and that's, that's why like something like fucking bartending was so hard for, hard for me was I just constantly being around like exactly the opposite of what I, what I wanted to be around, <laughs> right. you know? So, you know, I think it comes yeah. back to like the maturity and the intentionality of what you're dealing with your life. Mm-hmm. And it's easy when you're young to fall into that peer pressure of like, I'll just do this cause it's super easy. And this is what the crowd's doing. Yeah. Um, but as we mature and as we grow and. Um, we start noticing, hey, this is probably pulling me further away from where I really want to go. And you can yeah. make that conscious decision to say, I'm not going that direction. And I actually did this recently with like a whole month. I just said no to like things. So like anything that would pull me away from me actually going towards my goals, because I'm like super intentional about my goals now. That's like another huge key to success for me or like where I'm at is um, having those goals. And yeah. anything that draws me away from that, it's kind of a waste of my time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to like, it's also good to like, you know, do things outside of that. But for the most part, if it's pulling you away, it's probably not the best thing. I think, you. yeah, I th- well, two things. I want I want to dive into intention. So let's get to that in a sec. But um, I, I was, you know, thinking about that terms, like, I don't, like, if you and I, for example, like, went and had a beer or something, like, that doesn't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, moderation is is key, I think, to everything. But like, I've always kind of been like this all or nothing kind of person. Um, and I don't, and I could speak to the same with you. I'd say it's like when I do those things, it's like, I want to fucking do them. And, but like, <laughs> so, so oftentimes, most of the time I would rather just not do that thing and just feel better being like, you know, free from all of that pressure. And then like, because mm-hmm. every time I do those things, I feel like guilty about it. And, uh, and I don't like feeling that way at all, but um, but let's, let's get into intention real quick because I think that's an important, uh, segue. So, um, we, we've talked about this recently. So you, uh, you mentioned that you'd, you'd recently, um, hired a life coach into your life. And, um, I know that prior to that you'd been, you know, you put a lot of work into yourself anyway. on just like becoming a person that you were proud of and a person that like you can, you know, you can rest your head at night knowing that like you were being the best person that you could that day. Yeah. So I guess. 
how has, well, first of all, how has that life coach, you know, helped you with living life more intentionally and how have you like taken it into your own and actually applied that? Yeah, it's a great question. So like the way that I grew up and the way that things kind of played out in my life, I've always been extremely ambitious. Um, but I've also taken the brunt of kind of taking care of a lot of people in my life as well. And so far too often, especially in the last eight years of my life, it's always been about like getting to that next stage, getting to that next stage. When I get to the next stage, then I'm going to be good. It's going to be okay. And it's of course never the case. Right. So I took a conscious decision to sit down and hire a life coach. That's somebody that's supporting me beyond my wife, beyond like my kid or like even my close family members or friends. Um, I really wanted somebody to be there for me a hundred percent. And it's like, it's one of the best feelings I've ever had because far too often, like I put others in front of myself and to have somebody consciously make me stop and think, um, you know, where are you taking time for yourself at? Mm-hmm. So I've implemented these things like my morning routines where I'm doing breath work, I'm doing cold showers, I'm doing like these things for myself so I can set up my day for success. Yeah. And he's constantly just uh, kind of a cheerleader, but also a support net for me, but also uh, somebody that's holding me accountable. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's really important to have somebody like that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a life coach, but maybe a close friend. Um, but somebody has to be there for you because it's extremely hard to do in this life. If you're just going to do it yourself, I mean, you can only get so far doing it yourself. Yeah. And that's something that you and I both, I think can confidently say that we fucking struggle with. Like that's, that's how I've pretty much done every single thing in my life. And even, even in my intimate relationships, even in my clothes, I mean, you've always been a person that I felt that I can be very like transparent with and like, even about how I'm feeling. And I hope that I've been the same for you, but like, it's, in those moments when like you are struggling or you are experiencing something difficult, like feeling like you have to endure those things completely alone. I mean, it, it can be rewarding if you get to the other side of it alone, but like during the process, it definitely helps having that, like just to be able to fucking call somebody and be like, Hey, look, like just, can you just listen to me for a minute? Totally. Yeah, totally. And, it, and like, of course I have my wife who's always been extremely helpful and supportive of me. But we're dealing with things within our family and it's nice to have that outside source and another man, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. That's super important too, to have a a man that's in your life that's kind of help guiding you and being there for you and understands your life from a male perspective. Yeah, because yeah, men and women just think differently. (laughs) Facts are, yeah. It's just, yeah, and I think that that can, you know, because men and women think so differently, like if, if you're in an intimate relationship with somebody and you're trying to explain from your male perspective how you feel, that can often get convoluted because they can only see the world through their eyes and their own feminine estrogen driven emotion versus like the male testosterone driven. And it's just, it's not only just, um, as a functionality of a family, but just on a biological level, it's just how we're wired differently. So I was actually going to ask you about that. So, um, you know, you have a almost five-year-old daughter, correct? She'll be five here. December. Yeah. Yeah. So I still remember to this day when you called me from Colorado and you said you were going to be a father and it was just this crazy emotion <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. And like, sometimes I still like wake up. I'm like, holy shit, I'm a dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, five years later. Yeah. So, um, because you know, we are very similar and because, you know, we had like, um, I think I, I, I believe you kind of always wanted to have that eventually, but like how has being a father and a husband now changed you? And do you view the idea of commitment differently than you did prior to that? Like, even if you were just dating somebody before, like how is it, how has it shaped you and how is it different now? That's so good, dude. It's so good because (laughs) there's so much to that, man. Like, especially with the way that I was raised and that way you were raised, it's kind of like I saw relationships falling apart nonstop. Right. 
And so like my mom just got done with her fifth divorce. Sorry, mom. But she got done with her fifth divorce just recently. And my, my dad's kind of been in and out of relationships. And so I've constantly just seen yes. shitty relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I subconsciously or not knowing it did that to myself for so long, dude, where like, I just, I knew what it does. It wasn't going to work out. And so I was looking at it like, what's in it for me type. Yeah. Thing. And I did that with so many of my relationships and gladly they all failed because now I have an amazing woman in my life. But at the same time, yeah, dude, it's a, it's, it's a commitment has to be made, especially like with marriage. It's, um, it's commitment that you can't really explain. Dude. Like you have to be fully in it to make it truly work. Yeah. And, and you cannot have one foot in and one foot out. It has to be a hundred percent. And that's the only way that it's truly going to, going to work. And luckily me and her, like we have the same foundation with God and our, our faith and that extremely is helpful too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, being a parent, dude, it's a, it's a, a life changer to say the least. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how a, a man can watch their child be born and walk away from that kid. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a connection there. That's far too often. It does, too, man. Yeah. yeah. And it's super sad. And I, I just don't, I can't comprehend that because like when I saw her for the first time and she like, she I was touched, just, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, She yeah, touched yeah. my finger, dude. And I was just like, oh. waterworks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was yeah. just like this instant connection. It's like, this came from me and it's such a beautiful thing, man. It's such a beautiful thing to see the creation of a child yeah. and coming to the earth. And it's like this world and you know that it's a piece of you. Yeah, that's a that's something actually we can take apart too because you know it's I've I've always like similar to you I I grew up and saw just failure in every intimate sense like whether it was my parents and then like my own relationships that were just like you know going into relationships feeling insecure or feeling jealous or not confident in yourself or confident in the other person and distrusting them and then like you carry that shit with you and it's like almost like an expectation that it's going to end. It's almost not only an expectation, it's like a fucking certainty that you have in your gut, your head and your heart. Like, okay, well eventually this is going to end. So like, you know, and then once like any part of your walls are are broken down and then like the floodgates are open and they see a part of you that you didn't necessarily want to share with them at first, then you're just like, oh, well fuck it. Like this is me. I'm fucked up. I'm going to sabotage this. Or like, I mean, just a lot of self-sabotage. Oh yeah. Like more often than not. Yeah. And that's like, especially in the last two years of our relationship, like I've had to just fully jump on board and be like, we're doing this shit together. Yeah. We committed, we're doing it together. No matter we live in a trailer, we live in a mansion, whatever the hell we're doing, we're doing it together. Yes. And that has been, um, and and, and then I think that that, 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 that's the commitment that I was talking about. Just like, because I haven't been married, I haven't had a child yet. So like commitment necessarily hasn't been a struggle for me. It's just been again, like an expectation that that's going to end, you know? And I think that, admittedly I was always against marriage and always against having a child up until like very recently in my life have I even begin to think like maybe I'll do that and like maybe I want that because I think in the past I kind of viewed marriages and I and I still do view it in this way and, and I bet you can speak to this too it's like I wish that you could be married to somebody but not have it be like a government yeah it's, it's a business thing yeah exactly <laughs> so like I, I don't yeah. agree with I, I just don't think that like there should be some government entity involved in two people's love for each other and investment. So outside of that, I'm fully supportive of marriage. But like, I think for me, just like picturing in my head, like devoting all of that to a person, like, can it fucking last a, like, can I make myself feel good in the relationship and make it last? And just like all these, they're just all these like rational and irrational fears that like have just lived inside my head. So that's why I was like curious to ask you like what has changed in you. And I I think you answered it really well about just, you know, it's, we're in this together. It's not like 
I'm independent of you now and you're independent of me now. Like we're in this together yeah. and especially bringing a child into it. You know, that I'm, I'm sure that just adds this whole other layer to commitment to that person. For sure, dude. Yeah. And, and I gotta preface this. Like it's always hard and it's always work. Like it's not easy. It's fucking difficult. Like first and foremost, we're opposite sex. She thinks of things differently than I do. She's yeah. a different age group than I am. Like she has different aspirations. She's a different human than I am. Yeah. And so it's so hard to like make that connection. And like you're connected for fucking life now. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you got to figure out how to make it work. And so like we double down on our, our strengths and we work on our weaknesses. Dude, and that's, that's a great way to, yeah, absolutely. It's and, a great way to conceptualize it. Yeah. Sure. And so like when we're, we're doing marriage counseling and I don't like, it's so funny too. Cause like, as I get older, I look at counseling as like a positive thing it and like, be. and like life coaching is a positive thing. It and and like yeah. growing up, I always looked, especially like my dad, he's like, Oh, I don't want to talk to anybody. What are you a pussy? <laughs> like, that's the type of mentality. <laughs> Sounds like, like a dad. Yeah, that's like, say, yeah. that's what type of like mentality that I was raised with. And it's not like not anything against my dad, but that's the kind of mentality that he was raised with. And so he kind of carried that through his life. Yeah. And so for like the longest time, I never seeked out these type of assistance in life because it's like, am I just being a pussy? Am I, can I not handle this myself? Yeah. But it's so therapeutic and so helpful that, I mean, we're the human race, right? Like we should be doing this together. Yeah. And there's people out there like yourself that's so brilliant and so smart and so willing to help and assist. This old thing. And, uh, and it's just like, you need to take advantage of that, man. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, yeah, just to like take that part, um, even further too. like, I think that's, I've always, I've always felt like I'm more of a, uh, emotional guy. So like, I mean, clearly, you know that about me, I man. I write these fucking sad songs. They're beautiful though. Download Casey Ryan songs and Spotify. <laughs> if you're going through a breakup and you need to cry. I'm your guy. It'll make you cry, smile. Sad and... sexy, hashtag. Okay. Um, anyways, but yeah, just like I've always felt, I've always felt two things. One, that I knew that I felt things on a deeper level than other people did. Not necessarily maybe more, but just like in my own head, I, I thought that I was like so fucking alone that like I was the only person in the world that felt this way. Like no one could ever understand what I was going through. But then... You know, I think that the one the one thing that I will say about like hyper progressive, the one good thing I think that's coming out of this progressive movement, because there's a lot of bad things, but a lot of good things. But um, the one good thing is I think it's allowing men specifically, and and again, this isn't to say that I'm I'm not you know in support of whatever like women being empowered as well, but like, but just the don't apologize, man. No, I'm just saying like you have to fucking preface everything nowadays. But I'm saying. Uh, like it just, it's allowing men to like feel like they can like feel things actually and not be so like just hard, hard. and like not feel anything and just cold and, and abrasive and rough around the edges. Cause like, that's like this traditional ideology of what a man should be. For sure. And I just think that's fucking bullshit, dude. Cause like yeah. I feel shit and it like, it fucking sucks. And sometimes I don't wish that I could feel those things, but like I do yeah. just as you do. I mean, yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, I was like bawling my eyes out driving home from Vancouver, talking to my life coach the other day, and I was like, yeah. "I haven't cried for like ever. It feels so good." <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you. But I mean, to go back to like why? Let's like let's ask the question: Why do you think those men back in ge- different generations were like that? I mean, let's look at it. They had to go through World War One, World War Two. Like that was hard fucking times. They dude. had to see Tupac die. That see Tupac die. And there's like a lot of things that happened that like kind of hardened that generation, and then they were yeah. raising their kids in like the Dust Bowl. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's, that's also, and like, dude, even that's a great point because think about it. I think you and I, honestly, like, well, people that are our age, cause we're both 31, but like, um, people our age, like 
we kind of caught the tail end of like that hardworking. Yeah. Like we literally like the very end of it. And now it's, we've created a society that's so soft and everything is so easy. It's so easy, dude. Like look around us. We have, I know like we're going through a struggle right now when 2020 has been a bitch for a lot of people and it sucks. What are you talking about? Like COVID? That whole thing? Something like that. That doesn't doesn't fucking affected me at all. (laughs) But the deal is like sucking dick on the street here soon. I think it's important to be grateful at the end of the day. Because we live in a time in a society where it's like literally everything's at our fingertips. I and mean, we have like a fucking spaceship computer at our fingertips. It's true. It's in it's incredible times that we live in. It's like never happened like this before. So we are kind of finding out or we're taking steps day by day and trying to figure out like how to be successful in this new era. But um, I think gratitude is a huge important thing that everybody should have as well during this time. Um, that's that's awesome that you said that. And it's, that's a practice that I've implemented over the last few months. And I haven't always been successful at it. And I, it's definitely still a struggle to like, especially right now in my life when like shit's tough. Fucking, yeah. And like, you know, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to do that. And like, it, I think it helps immensely spending time with you. And like, you know, just because you kind of, you're kind of reminded in those moments like that, okay, you do have so much to be thankful for. And I think that it's, it's again, if, if anybody listening to this is going through that, it's extremely difficult to like make it a point every day to recite out loud what you're grateful for. But I fucking promise you that if you do it, it will make a difference. Just even if it's like a 1% difference, that's, that's huge. It seems silly when you're doing it, but it is so important. Yeah. yeah. Even if you say like, I'm grateful for this fucking, I don't know, this goddamn Buddha. <laughs> Electricity. Buddha. Like it's important to just like consciously think about that too. Like maybe even write down five things that you're grateful for every single day. And it can be as stupid as like electricity, walls, a roof, like food. I'm not dead. For, for you, breath. for you, I'm the fucking best looking guy on the planet. How does wow, that, man, dude, how does that my feel? ego is supposed to be down? Yeah, dude, well, it's fucking pisses me off. Well, just be uglier, dude. I wish I could play the guitar like you. Well, you're getting there. Eventually you're going to be able to fucking do that. And then I'll be like, what the fuck am I doing? So. <laughs> You piss but, me off, dude. Yeah, okay. dude, it's. Uh, I think we live in incredible times, and despite what's going on in this world, man, I think it's important to be always grateful. And everybody has stuff to be grateful for. I mean, it's like the cliche thing of like looking at kids from India or like kids from Africa. They're smiling, they're living in a hut, but like they're kind of happy at the same yeah. time. Well, no, I mean, and come, I mean, when I've been to those places and just seen like what they live with, and they can just find happiness. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like, I can't be happy with all of the shit that I have, but they are, they can be that way with nothing. Yeah. Granted, I mean, just to play devil's advocate, they've never been exposed to the shit that we have. So like, I think, I think that like having an abundance can be I as mean, detrimental as sure. having nothing. For sure. Know? For yeah. sure. Um, okay. So another thing I wanted to get into, and this is, and this is what I really wanted to talk about, but I'm going to read an ad real quick. One sec. We're about 27 minutes in. Don't look at the clock, man. There's no time span here. What? Well, I'm recording it on an iPhone, so there kind of is because there's not enough space on my phone. So, <laughs> right, what up, me? Right. <laughs> Just fucking subscribe to my Patreon, people, so I can get a goddamn camera. Okay. So, the Starving Artist is brought to you by Breed Love Guitars, the hallmark mission to create perfect acoustic sound to match that sound with effortless playability and to craft a clean, modern aesthetic instrument. Head over to breedlovemusic.com to check out their entire collection of a vast array of acoustic and acoustic electric instruments. Breed Love Guitars, play better, sound better. The Starving Artist is brought to you by G7th Capo Company. G7th Capos are the most powerful and dynamic capos on the market today. Seamless playability and adjustments with these and a huge selection to suit the needs of any live performer or simply anyone who plays guitar and needs to adjust keys for faster vocal to guitar transitions. Head over to G7th.com, browse their online shop now and see all of the deals that they are offering. Again, that is G7th.com. Probably shouldn't have thrown that so far away, but... Um, Gotta make money. Yes. Paying the bills. Not really. 
So Patreon. Casey Ryan music on Patreon. There you go. Um, okay, so this is uh, this is the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about because you have recently in your life embarked on something that I had the opportunity to get involved with years ago, but you've recently taken the dive. So let's talk about changing your opinion. So recently you've taken and had the courage to dive into the realm of psychedelic experiences. So first of all, I'd like to know before you, before you tell us about, you know, your experience, like, why do you think you had those biases toward it? And like, what has changed in you now? Yeah. Um, this has been, uh, a pretty big topic for me. Um, because I was so closed off to this because I, first of all, you don't know what you don't know and it can be fearful when you don't know about something. And when you look in the realms of drugs and medications and what truly medicine is and all this stuff, it's like you kind of put everything into one big bucket and that's truly not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's extremely important to be open-minded about a lot of things. Like maybe you're not right. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like everybody should ask the, ask that question. Maybe I don't know everything about this certain subject. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's extremely important with like politics, with everything really, do you need to be open-minded with just about everything? Because that's going to help you overall grow and achieve more mm-hmm. knowledge um, and not be so close minded. And so I, I, yeah, I think with this in, in particularly this year I've um, with COVID and everything that's been taking place, I've had probably the most growth, personal growth that I've ever had. And I was intentional about that as well. And I looked at this, especially when it started in March and I was like, God, this might, you know, this might take place for two weeks. So I'm going to try to learn to play the guitar. And so like now I'm eight months into learning to play the guitar and it's like one of my favorite hobbies. Ding, ding, ding. And I'm not great at it, but it's, it's damn fun for me. And yeah. it, like, that's another thing that like clears my mind from like my average day. Cause there's so much shit going on with business and with my other business. And there's just like so much stuff coming at me. Um, it's super nice to sit in a room and just play the guitar and learn songs and just have fun and be present. Yeah. Um, and then, so with that, like I was intentional with the guitar and I'm also intentional with getting a life coach and like slowing down my life. And especially in this time when everybody's like, what's happening, (laughs) it's a really good time to actually like look inside yourself and say, what's my purpose and why am I here? Mm -hmm. And what am I doing to, um, make a big positive impact in this world? Um, and find out what success truly means to you. And it's kind of a long-winded answer, but at the same time, I also was opened up to the possibility of psychedelics and um, took a journey. Yeah. So yeah, walk us through it. I mean, like, yeah, and I, I won't go into too much detail yeah. about it, but I just um, I was open-minded about it, and I've been thinking about doing this because you know, me and you have known each other for so long. And I know that you were kind of dabbling back in the day with this, and I was extremely fearful of it because. It, from somebody that doesn't understand, they look at it like, dude, I'm going to see spiders and they're going to crawl over my face. I'm going to kill myself and jump out the window. And like, that's the kind of perspective that you have when you're, that's also the societal programming from it. Exactly. People have that, like, you know, we're, we're indoctrinated so young. And like, by the way, we need, okay. For first of all, the truth always is somewhere in the fucking middle. And like, that's the literally what's killing the fabric of society is people's reluctance to accept that fucking simple fact that like, A, you don't know everything about a subject. B, there's always another side of it. And C, what you view as a subjective truth is not at all what the objective truth can be. Obviously, there's extenuating circumstances in that. Like, I'm not saying everybody should go do fucking heroin. I'm not saying everybody should do cocaine or like whatever. Like, you know, but when it comes to something that literally is a natural plant medicine with literally zero side effects. Um, 
it's not something that I think everybody should do or feel like that they have to do, but coming from a person, you know, who, who had those biases before and then, and then you had the opportunity to engage in it and nothing, you didn't die. You didn't, all, all that happened to you was you killed a little part of your ego. You have, you felt a spiritual cleanse and like, here you are talking to me in a podcast about like this beautiful experience you had. And it was that dude, it was, it was, it was like a cheat code to life. It really was. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. And it's, it's super cool because you can actually get to these um, realms through meditation mm-hmm. and through like dark rooms and like, you know, actually natural without taking any substances, but it just takes a long time to get there. Yeah. And you have to be extremely dedicated to get there. I mean, you've been meditating for how long now? Eight years. Eight years. Have you ever got there? Yeah, a couple times. Awesome. I mean, it doesn't happen. It's not like something that happens daily, but there are definitely meditations that stand out versus others where you know, vivid colors and like visions that I have of like, even like my father or like, you know, visions that I have of like a potential future for myself, like me in front of like a, a big crowd at an arena or something like that. I mean, for better, for worse, I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but like, just, you can get there. It's just, and I think it, it happens when you're living, living in accordance with what you actually feel and what you actually want out of life and what you feel like you need. Um, and I think that that's at the core what psychedelic experiences can do. They can otherwise open you up to this doorway that you weren't looking in. And that usually that doorway is the parts of yourself that you were pushing away, the parts of yourself that you, you weren't in touch with. So like I, I remember that my, my first time specifically, um, it was me. I'm not going to say any names, but a couple other people, friends of mine, and we drank a, we drank a tea. And uh, just what I experienced like, immediately when it came over me was this just like overwhelming like bliss and something as a person like me who has a fucking tendency to just feel sad all the time you know it 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 definitely uh it definitely felt like holy shit this is something that I've never accessed before and then my first time it, it was definitely it wasn't as intentional and it was more so like just like the experience of it but like your concept of time, your concept of space, your concept of what a tree is or, or just an, inanimate objects that otherwise you couldn't have ever interacted with in, a, in an existential way, you start to understand that you're part of everything and everything is a part of you. And that feeling of interconnectedness is something that you can access through yoga or meditation, but it's like it's so readily available through these medicines. And I think that that's the most attractive thing about them is because people, people spend their entire lives trying to do that and they can, it, just like you said, it's a cheat code. It just gets you there a lot quicker. Yeah. And you're so right. Like you, we're not able to see what's truly in front of our face. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you see that reality, it's undeniable. Yeah. It's undeniable. And like, same thing, like we did through a T and there was so much intention behind it too. And I think it's a really good preface to say that if you're going to do these things, do it the right way. Set and setting. Set like and setting. Thought, yeah. And make sure you are around good people that have good intentions and like everything has to be set appropriately. But these are so powerful. And it's like, it says a lot about the human brain too, about like how powerful is our brain? Because we, we capture just a percentage, a small infinite percentage of what we can actually do with our brains. And this totally connects those wavelengths. Visual acuity. I mean, like visual hallucinations in some cases, like the the thing about like just psilocybin in particular is like that a lot of people don't understand. It's like, it's not necessarily that you're seeing stuff that isn't there. You're seeing things for what it like. you're seeing it through a different set of eyes, you know, and like you're seeing it through like, it's hard to, again, it's really hard to explain to somebody that hasn't done it or people that haven't done it. But for the people who have done it, you know what I mean? It's like you see, you look at a tree when you're under no influence at all and you just see a tree like, oh, that's a fucking tree. But you on, on mushrooms, you see this vibrant, alive thing that's moving and you're like, you can actually put your hands on it and like, it sounds crazy for anybody that hasn't done it, but you can actually feel it. 
Yeah. And um, just like you said, like it puts you in touch with something that you otherwise it's it's undeniable, you know. And yeah, I just yeah. I'm smiling because like I started thinking about like the actual experience that I had, and it was like <clears throat> such a beautiful, loving, incredible experience. And the, the thing that I was most fearful of of like the the spiders and jumping out the window and killing myself was like not even close to what you want to fucking do on that thing. <laughs> no, it's not. No. You kind of just want to like you either want to like just like go lay in the grass. Dude, it's like just... it's like jumping into a realm that you've never experienced in your whole entire life. It's like you're just there. Yeah. And you freaking are like taking it in for and what it is. And you can't think about anything else except like that momentary thing. But just just for argument's sake because you and I again we we always I always want to, I don't ever want to be a, a person that like pushes just one side of an opinion. So let's just for the sake of confirmation bias, let's do that. So to the defense of people that are judgmental for it, I understand. Yeah, like I definitely thing. understand why you feel that way. Like, because there are those fucking idiots who go to a house party when you're 18, you eat a fucking handful of mushrooms thinking, Oh, I'm just going to have this. I'm just going to fucking hallucinate and see shit. And then that person has a horrible experience. And then like, Hence, and possibly gets behind the uh, car and drives, yes, and, and like hence the illegality of the drugs. And I like I, I for one think psilocybin should be entirely legal and regulated, just like marijuana is. But and but and, like, but people just just to argue on the side of the people that are against these things, I understand why you feel that way. I understand why you have these judgments. But it's it's like it's like it's like categorizing. It's like categorizing a group of people based on some, a, such a small percentage of the actual true view of it, because ev- regardless of legality, regardless of these, if these things were accessible or not, there's going to be those fucking stupid people that do it too often. They do it in the wrong place, and that's how they get a bad name. Yeah, but if you drink too much soda, then that's not good. If too. you eat too much McDonald's, <laughs> you're going to get fat. Exactly. Like, but you can go and fucking get that anytime you want. You yeah. can go buy a fifth of liquor. You can go buy a pack of cigarettes. But like something that has been undeniably researched yep. studied and there's so much more research coming out for yes. this too like with success in ptsd and yeah just the multi the multidisciplinary study for uh psychedelic studies maps they they're they're such a wonderful company because they're actually like proving the benefits of these for ptsd anxiety depression there's a laundry list of things and by the way we need to say this too this is not something that you should do all the time. Yeah. Nor is it something that you need to do. Nor all the do you time. want to. Like, Nor I don't do want to jump back into the realms tomorrow. <laughs> like, if somebody was like, "Let's do mushrooms five days in a row," I'd be like, "Like, fuck that, dude." I, th- I think the biggest word for this whole thing is respect. Like, you yes. have to respect these. That's that's a perfect word for it. Just and like having the respect, not only to do them in the right set and setting, but respect for like the effects that you're gonna feel because you can't just undermine it. You know, and and I, I've done every psychedelic drug there is, and I can tell you, like, I've always done them with caution. You've done the toad? The toad? The toad, yeah. What's the toad? DMT? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the form of ayahuasca, I've never, like, smoked it. Isn't it different? Yeah, it's different. Okay. I've never done that one. I've I've wanted to. But it's kind of hard to find. Yeah. And it's like a Mexico trip or something. I don't know if it's... uh, Or South America. Everything's in Mexico. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine the cartel started fucking slinging DMT, because <laughs> then people would realize that they don't even want it. They'd be like, "Oh, I'm good. Yeah, don't have good. an addiction anymore." Yeah, um, that's the funny thing too. It's like addicts actually do this, and it relinquishes them from actually doing like heroin and hard drugs. Yeah, dude. It's and that's the thing is like you can't 
like physically you can't become addicted to mushrooms you just can't like it's not an addictive substance whatsoever yeah and that's what makes it so freaking unique man like it just takes you to it it does so much for your spiritual and emotional and like your truth of life yeah but it's not addicting yeah and not to mention like every time that i do it when it's over i just have this like newfound like love for everything like i just i feel more connected to my family or more connected to my friends or more like dude there's been times when i've been on mushrooms and like playing music and i'm just like oh my god this is beautiful like just (laughs) like the vibrations of music and sound and that's like what's what's so crazy to me is like i went through my life for 31 years 30 years um like basically not really caring much about words you're just saying what you say and not think much about it after you take this experience, words matter, dude. Like yes. everything that you say is out in the ether. Yeah. And it matters, man. Even if you're saying it to yourself. Yeah, for you sure. Know, and like, Even and like, more so sometimes. Yeah. And I, I think that I don't know. I don't I don't want to like, you know, just have this be all about like, you know, fucking everybody do mushrooms, but like I honestly feel like, okay, this is this is the basic parameter. It would that, solve the world's problems, but whatever. Yeah, I I fucking think that it would too. But I think that honestly, like if you if you can just put aside for a second like the biases that you have and put aside your judgments like if you if you've ever thought about wanting to do this there's a couple things just like mike said do it under the proper circumstances do it with people you trust do it in if you're doing it in a house make sure the house is clean make sure it's quiet make sure it's calm if you're going to do it outside do it in a place where you're not going to get lost and like you can just like enjoy it like at a park or whatever but it's it's an experience that i think I wish everybody could share and like just understand that like it can it makes me you it's made me a more compassionate person a more kind person less hateful less angry less bitter less stressed less anxiety less depressed of optimism about life that I've never experienced on anything else you know there's there's a laundry list of things but again they should be done with caution and respect for them yeah so. and I think we should preface to like it's all the things that you just said there um also with massive amounts of respect and it's funny too because i'm sure that like people are like oh the christian is also a psilocybin user that's weird <laughs> yeah well a lot of them are man but ben, here's the th- ben greenfield's our boy but here's the thing yeah. like i've never felt closer to god when i was doing that yeah and like a lot of people will say i mean i'm sure your experiences you're, you're probably saying there's more to this world i just don't know what to call it some people would call it god some people call we don't it know a thing right yeah. we don't yeah. know and just like you said on your last podcast like if you say that you know you're a liar yeah because you don't yeah you don't but it, you know, I truly have faith and believe in God. And I think that also that brought me closer to God and really understood what love was, really understood what our our understanding of reality is. And I looked at my family so much differently. Like when I got back from that trip, I was like, I fucking love I you. Love. <laughs> love. Yeah. Like yeah, love. And, and, and like it's like immense wanna, love. Dude. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's undeniable. And, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things that I think, for me, I'm just, I'm so glad that I have that access to that now, like whether it's in a microdose form or whatever. And like, and like on another term, like microdosing, especially, you know, it doesn't give you any hallucinations. You're not out of your body. It's just this beautiful sense of calm. And like, you feel connected. Do your research people. Yeah. Just do your research. And there's, yeah. there's so much out there now, dude. Like it we live in time. So dark. Yeah, it really did. We should probably turn on a light or something. Cause I want to no, see I can edit it up. Okay. I can fix it. It's got really dark. It's it, like, dark it gets blue. dark at fucking 2 p.m. in Coeur d'Alene now, apparently. <laughs> the Northwest, man. Yeah. Welcome home. Um, but, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just overall like as like fucking my best friend and just like a person that I love, dude, I was just, I was very excited to like hear that you were doing that and yeah. it just made me. It was, it was a big step for me, dude. Yeah. It really was. Like, yeah. and I, I've been against it for so long. Yeah. Just um, because. Just as a caveat, some people don't know this, but Mike and I actually had like a falling out because like we had like a stupid disagreement about yeah. the legalization of it. Yeah. And, and looking back on it now, it's like, 
honestly, like he caught me at a bad moment. I was in a bad mood anyway, and it just was a stupid thing. We shouldn't have even had the falling out anyway. But yeah. you know, now that we have reconnected over the years, and just you know, for sure, yeah. And that's me like being open minded too. Like I had to open up my my ways because. I, I mean, I can sense kind of what's going on in the future. If I go down this path, this is kind of what's probably going to happen. If I go down this path, this is probably what's going to happen. Yeah. And I just, I, I want to avoid that. And I want to experience this life for what it is. And I think that God has provided some amazing um, natural resources for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you do it in the right setting and the right you know time frame, and, and again, this isn't for everybody. And maybe in certain time frames of your life, seriously get like look into this opportunity because it could be of huge value to you. Yeah, 100%. I actually am going to turn on this light. One sec, folks. Yeah, I can barely see your face, so. There we are. Hey, well, electricity. For the, people, for the people watching, I wanted to have this beautiful natural light illuminating this specimen I have in front of me, but but I can barely see my hand in front of my face now, so it's... All right, here we go. So, um, want to get some email questions right. that uh, people are going to ask. Real quick, I'm going to read an ad really quickly. Actually, I just, I'll memorize it because the paper's way over there. The Starving Artist is brought to you by Flight Sports Supplements. At Flight, we are passionate about two things, faith and fitness. They have a variety of products, a liquid multivitamin, a red supplement, which has like nitric oxide boosters, uh, beets, reds, all of your vegetables, all in one supplement. They have a ton of merch, ton of shaker bottles. Um, they're a great company, and they've they've been nothing but good to me. So head over to flightsport.com. Use promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for ten percent off. Again, that's flightsport.com. Promo code Casey Ryan Music for ten percent off at checkout. Um, uh, just as a quick caveat, I'm going to read some email questions that we had from viewers of the show. If you'd like to email any questions, please do so at info.thestarvingartistpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's info.thestarvingartistpodcast at gmail.com. And ask anything you want. I don't care what it is. I just picked three random ones today, so we're going to get into them now. All right, you ready, Mike Allen? Yeah, I think we just like skimmed the surface of like our relationship too and like really what we had to talk about, but great podcast so far. Okay, well, what do you want to talk about? Well, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm down with it, dude. Let's keep going. Both questions. <laughs> I'm just saying, we, we had a really good conversation the other day. Tell them about our day, what we did today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before we get into these questions, okay, so Mike Allen and I, I was first and last name. You, I don't, yeah, know. I don't know why. I it's like very it. official. Mike Allen. Well, I, my brother's name is Mike, too. So, anyways, I don't want to confuse the two. Mike Allen and I, we uh, met up. We went and jumped in the lake today with my good buddy, Nick Goodson, too. Shout out to Nick Goodson. We did a cold plunge. How, how was your experience today in that? It's cold, man. It was cold. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, it was cold. It was cold. Yeah, but it's like those are so important. To, like do things that are out of your comfort zone, and mm -hmm. it, it's so good for your body. Yeah, uh, I fucking hate every time I get into that. I'm but like, it's so damn worth it. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And you it's cool to do. Feel like you're dying, and then it's like, and then like I don't know. About like a minute and a half in is kind of when I start to like calm down and get settled in. But like, then I turn and like one of the face the sun and get the. You know, yeah, I thought we were all like sitting there. I turn over, you guys are like looking at the sun meditating, and I'm like, oh shit, I'll, just, I'll do the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, and then so what do we do after that? So after that, we went, we tried to go work out at a gym and use the sauna, but they were like, mm, can't fucking let guests in because of this fucking COVID. It's okay, you can't have guests at a gym, but like other, you can go to the gym. The members don't have COVID now. Remember that. So the people who actually pay them monthly, they're immune. They're immune. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. It's the same thing. Like when you <laughs> sit at a, when you sit at your table in a restaurant, yeah. COVID can't get you. Yeah. But right when you walk in the door, you might die. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, it's like, it's like a six foot level. If you duck it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and the fact that like people just go with this too. And like, 
they're not asking questions. Like why, why? And all these are so like, so stupid. Dude, when I, when the COVID like first was starting happening, I, legitimately, I was kind of like, of when, course. when shit started shutting down, like when I was like on stage at my show in Spokane and like, I was shit, like things are like, Oh, the governor just shut the state down. I'm like, okay, this is kind of like, like yeah. when I got back, I bought like, a, <laughs> uh, I bought like a bunch of fucking canned goods and like, just like, I was just like, fuck, I didn't know, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then like six months in, I was like, okay, there's, we thought it was going to be a grizzly bear and it was a fly. <laughs> exactly. But you can't say that. Yeah. You say that and you want to kill people. And the funny thing is like, we have numbers to prove it too. And everybody's just ignoring the numbers. How dare you? How dare you? Mike? Well, facts don't care about your feelings. So. How dare you? <laughs> I think you should, you're canceled. <laughs> Damn, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> well, don't cancel this show because it's way too awesome. People need to hear fuck that dude you can't cancel me after episode seven i'm solo fucking try it dude <laughs> um but okay let's see well after that so yeah anyways covid uh segue there we went to uh anytime fitness got a good workout in shout out yeah. to post falls dude. idaho anytime girl oh, there was great she was fantastic she yeah. was great she's and like you're uh, here and i just that we don't care so. we did a workout <laughs> it was great and then we went to chomper cafe hayden idaho fantastic food by the way mowed down on some some meat and some eggs. So we had a full full day. So it's been a busy day. Yeah. But a and I've been telling, I've been shushing Mike all day because I told him to save what we were going to talk about. Yeah, we're starting to get into a conversation. He's like, stop, 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 stop. Okay. Ready? I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you so hard. You ready? I love you. I've seen you hit the bag before. So I've seen you hit the bag. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ring ready? Well, we need to get back into it, man. Dude, yeah, we did that for a little bit, didn't we? Okay. So Stephanie out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, I was Portland, almost, Oregon. well, actually, I was just in Portland last week. Yeah, uh, Portland sucks. No offense, Stephanie. Portland's I, a cool place, man. It's just a little crazy. I have a lot of uh, good friends in Portland, but I am treated worse there every time I go there than any place I've ever been. So, Portland, get your fucking shit together. Okay, if you could be one animal, what would it be and why? Dude, uh, probably a hawk. That would a be cool. hawk? Hell like, yeah. Like, yeah, they're badass, dude. They're like, well, why a hawk and not like a golden eagle or something? Because hawks are cooler than eagles? I don't know. think so. Yeah, hawk. <laughs> so the intention not- behind a hawk, if you see a hawk, which I saw today, by the way, which is pretty cool. We we're driving over to the, the place where we're podcasting at right now, and I saw a hawk, and I was like, what's the meaning of, of a hawk? Like seeing a, a hawk. If you Google I think it's it. it's just a hawk. No, it's not. It actually means that you're protected. Oh. So, I'll protect you. Yeah, it's badass. It's like a good luck charm. So it's kind of my thing. I'll protect you. Hug you. <laughs> um, I think I would be a snow leopard. Because they live at high altitude, which I love, and they're very rare, which I'm not rare, but like I just kind of rare. Thank you, Mike Allen. But no, I think I'd be a snow leopard because like they're away from people. They're up in the mountains. They're just fucking eating goats and shit. And they're just badass, dude. Have you ever seen a snow leopard? No, but they're they're elusive. They're beautiful. They're They're elusive like they're ghosts, man. Yeah, they call them the ghost cat. There you go. So yeah, I'd be a snow leopard, or I'd be like, I think being something like kind of really small would be cool. Like, like yeah. a mouse? No, like smaller. Like an ant? Like a bacteria. Oh, like a coronavirus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seeping through I, people's cause masks? Because I, I hate everyone. <laughs> I will infect them. No. Um, yeah, so Snow Leopard. That was a, I don't know why I picked that question. Yeah, that no, a question. No offense, Stephanie. I like that question. Sounds uh, like a Portland question. Zach out of Austin, Texas. Dude, shout out to Austin. Yeah, Austin's pretty cool. Always enjoyed playing there. Do you think it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? Oh, easy, Zach, with your fucking Hallmark question, but I like it. Let's do it. I'll let you take that one first, and I'll bounce off you. Um, I don't know. I think 
in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I'd say more so yes to no because um, I have loved and lost probably more than anybody I know. Hence all the songs. Yeah, hence every, everything I do ever. Um, most of my 20s was, yeah, actually pretty much all of my 20s was loving and lost. Um, both my fault and both, you know, mutual fault and all of it. But um, I think that anytime you lose something that you care about, you definitely, you learn something from it, whether it's a hard lesson to learn, which I've always been a hard learner. So it takes a lot for me to learn. Um, and I really only ever learn through undeniable pain. Um, I think it's always good to learn something about yourself too. When you, when you lose somebody that you love or just something that you love, you don't take for granted, not only that person, but you don't take for granted other things that you might lose and you kind of cling on to things more that are important to you. So having said that, I think that if you choose to love and loss too much, like I have, I think that it can develop a sense of deep pessimism and cynicism in your ability to maybe find something like that in the future. So for me, I think it can go either way, but I would say more so yes than no, just because I have learned a lot about how I am and more so how I am in relationships and how to mitigate that. But yeah, what about you? Short answer. Absolutely. It's, it's important to experience life for what it is and experience relationships. And that way you can find truly what you love. And when you are in that right relationship, you can be the person that you want to be and create that relationship that you want to create. And you wouldn't know what that would really look like if it was your first relationship. So you have to get out there and that's love it. You have yeah. to live life and experience life. And that's, what's going to help you ultimately create the lifestyle that you truly want. hundred um, yeah. percent. If you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. So. Yeah. I've been dumb a lot. I've been dumb more than I've been smart for sure. I'm a <laughs> fucking dumb, dummy, dumb idiot. Um, no, but even to further that too. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point about what you said is like, I think that there, there does come in a point in your life when you can actually maturely and correctly love the right way. I think it just, you know, for me, it took a lot longer and it's taking a lot longer, but I'm getting there. You're getting, get, there, dude. get there one day Hell for yeah. sure. Slowly. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay. Daniel out of Spokane, Washington. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you? It's a very broad question. I feel like we've had this question on the podcast. Not that I view all your podcasts, but the create no, no. It was the, the last time. It was what's the most, most embarrassing, embarrassing thing, right. craziest right. thing, craziest thing, dude. Your fucking uh, bear attack. That's true, dude. Yeah, that's Michael like, got attacked by he fought off a bear. So that's always like my go-to, by the way. So like in these corporate meetings and stuff, they're like tell two two truths and a lie. So you got to tell like these two truths and a lie, and they got to guess which one's the oh, lie. You're like sales. They're testing your sales tactics. No, or it's just like an icebreaker. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, they do it all the time. Anyways, that's always one of my go-tos. It's like I got attacked by a bear and everybody chooses that one as a false, but it's actually true. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you guys were like camping and he just, yeah. So I grew up in Montana in high school. And so it was kind of like our last get out is the boys. Right. So it was me and two of my other best friends growing up in high school. And we just kind of like in the whim of things, we're like, let's go fucking camping and go fishing. And so it is everybody's dispersed to their house and get like the most basic things that you can possibly grab and head out and growing up in Montana. Like you really don't need much cause you can kind of survive in the, in the wilderness for quite a while just with your basic stuff with your knives and your fishing poles and mm-hmm. uh, making a fire and whatnot. So <clears throat> we grabbed just like the basic stuff. And so we get up there and we decide to, first of all, we're fishing and not catching jack shit. And we didn't bring any food, which is typical, <laughs> always planning for the best, but you know, usually eating the worst. And, uh, and so we're not catching fish. And so my, my buddy, Jake, who's now an engineer, he always like engineers things to make it work. And so he's like got a worm and a bobber and he's, he's starting to catch fish left and right. And so we're, 
we're, we got beer cans. I mean, I think what we actually grabbed for essentials was a uh, 30 case of beer. Um, a, <laughs> I think, I think like each of us had a backpack with like some random stuff in it, a couple of fishing poles, some knives and a air mattress. Like that's what we brought. <laughs> not so, even though like yeah some knives yeah. was your only weapon it, it was yeah very um <clears throat> basic stuff and so surprised you montana boys didn't fucking bring a gun maybe you'd think right yeah, yeah. We, we, you just wanted to get fucked up no room for the guns yeah dude, we, we cared about getting away and getting drunk at that point and yeah. so that's what we were doing and uh we decided we're gonna sleep out under the stars and so like it's three guys uh sleeping underneath the stars on an air mattress that's so romantic dude. Well, it was pretty romantic yeah and, and like when i was falling asleep uh, I, I was the middle, I was the middle guy. I'm not gonna lie, and <laughs> so I, I felt cuddled and loved. And then uh, I had this like weird feeling because I'm like super, uh, just like aware of my surroundings, and I'm like, God, that would suck if a bear came. And I was like, That's not gonna happen, man. <laughs> so I fall asleep, and I wake up to my buddy Steve, who's on my right side, and he's getting nudged by a bear, oh and the bear is God. like pushing him with his his face, and it's like nudging me. And my buddy Jake is still snoring at this point, doesn't realize it's happening. And I'm like, I wake up when somebody walks across my yard at night, I wake up. Like, that's how, like, <laughs> paranoid I am. That's, that's how paranoid I am. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I'm the lightest sleeper in the world. And so Steve's like, dude, there's a bear. And I, like, instantly wake up. And I'm like, from me to this coffee cup is a bear's oh, head. Oh, my fuck. Like, that's how God. close he was. And I'm just, Ugh. like, completely frozen. And this was no <clears throat> small bear by any means. And, uh, he's nudging Steve and I'm like, don't move, don't move. And all of a sudden the bear starts biting his arm through the sleeping bag. And he's like, he's biting me. So he starts getting panicked. He's like, he's biting me. He's biting me. And like, we had a bag of Doritos that we were eating prior to like going to sleep. And I like didn't know what else to grab. And so I grabbed this fucking bag of Doritos and smacked the bear in the (laughs) face. (laughs) Just like, I don't know. I could have punched him or like something, but. It's going to harden my punch by fucking smashing nacho cheese all over this fucking thing. (laughs) And so like, I just smacked this bear in the face with the bag of Doritos. And I always have wanted to send this story to Doritos to get it like sponsored or something. (laughs) So if you're out out there, Doritos, fucking sponsor this shit, dude. So the oh bear, like God. the bear stumbles back. He's like, what the f- just hit me. And he like sits and he sits down like 10 feet from us and just stares at us. Oh God. And Steve's bleeding at this point, And I'm like freaking out. And Jake's still snoring behind us. He and was asleep. He's still asleep. Yes. And so I'm like what hitting him. Fuck? I'm hitting him. And I'm like, dude, wake up. There's a bear. He's like, shut up. Shut up. Like he thinks we're fucking with him. And he's just like, he's still sleeping. And I like punched him in the chest as hard as I could. And he wakes up and he stares at the bear and the bear staring at him. And we're all staring at the bear. And all of a sudden, Jake wake or like jumps into like action mode, and he's kind of like always the guy you want to go camping with because he grew up. His dad was like the commissioner and like a, a search and rescue guy, and so like we, when we would go camping uh, when we were young, we'd always go with his dad. And his dad's like building these elaborate fires and like cooking pizza out in the middle of a fucking wilderness. Like that's how savvy this guy is. So yeah. Jake was kind of raised in that in that area, I guess. And so so that's the kind of guy that you want to like snap an action. And he was so frozen because like just the shock of a bear being ten feet from you when you wake up in the middle of the woods and uh I don't, all, oh God. all of a sudden he jumps into action he's like bah! and like scares the bear away the bear turns around runs into the darkness we have no clue where the bear's at at this point and uh and so like we we go back to the fire and steve's arm is like profusely bleeding and so it was pretty bad yeah it's yeah. pretty pretty decent i mean he definitely like punctured his skin pretty decently and uh and so jake he bought a, a first aid kit and he goes the funny thing he's like my sister's a nurse i know exactly what i'm doing <laughs> it's such like a, do a, a funny like quote in that in that moment <laughs> and uh and so he grabs out the first aid wrap he's wrapping steve's arm up 
and uh, throw some Doritos in it. <laughs> basically. And we, so we, we just get the idea. It's like, I first of all, it's pitch black dark. It's three in the morning. We're up in the middle of the woods in Montana. And we're like, what do we do? Do we hike out? Do we do we stay here? And I'm like, we should stay here, build a fire. And they're like, no, we have to get Steve to the hospital now. So it's a three mile hike out in the dark. We have two headlamps. We grab each other's arm. We figure the bear is that way. We go left around the lake and uh, and hike our way out there. And so we get back to, to Steve's truck eventually, turn the lights on. His arm is completely blue because Jake wrapped the thing so tight. Oh, and so fuck. when he unwrapped it, blood just squirted across the, <laughs> the light of the truck. Jesus. Yeah, so it's pretty intense. And so we're driving driving back to the hospital, hauling A down this down to the hospital to get him uh, there to get you know shots and stuff. And um, Steve's calling his mom and he's like, I just got attacked by a bear. And like, this is the kind of kids that we were growing up. Like, we're just insane. And like, they're, our parents are like, you guys are freaking retarded. You guys do so many stupid things. And they didn't believe us. And yeah. so Debbie's like, oh, honey, don't worry. This is actually really funny. <laughs> she goes, honey, don't worry. You're just hallucinating. You probably took mushrooms. <laughs> and Steve's like, screw you, mom. I just got attacked by a bear. And you don't care. And like, dude, it's so that funny. That is dude. fucking hilarious. <laughs> and like hangs up the phone on her. And yeah, the only people that showed up was Jake's mom to the hospital. That just tells you how much our parents cared about us. <laughs> but uh, dude, that yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But I, I saved my friend's life with a bag of Doritos. So mm. that's funny. That story got brought up. I was not expecting to tell that story no i'm glad you told that story yeah it's usually best with like all three of us because we all have like our perspectives of what took place there i can't believe he was just sleeping funny. through that yeah yeah dude yeah dude, I the would... guy grew up in the mountains like he will sleep through anything yeah i've 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 seen two bears in the wild one with was with an ex-girlfriend and the one was with my mom and yeah it was not it was fucking terrifying dude but they are majestic okay, animals people people need to understand something because I grew up in northern Idaho. You grew up in Montana. Montana has more than Idaho does, but like, okay, listen, for those of you, if any of you listening that are in a place where you've never seen a bear or you have this interpretation of what a bear is, a bear is a fucking thousand pound monster dog that doesn't give a flying fuck about you or your little kids or anything like that. They will fuck you up. So if you go to a national park and you see a bear and you have your digital camera out walking towards it, I hope you get fucking eaten. <laughs> Just as a Don't go to Yellowstone because you'll see a lot there. Yeah. But they are not a teddy bear. Let's yeah, they're not. They, they don't give a shit. Yeah. I and, wish they were. And, and super grateful because I look back at that too. It's like if that bear was truly hungry and he, he would have like, killed, he killed us. Yeah. Dude. And he could have like grabbed us by the head or the neck and like we're sleeping at that point. Like clearly we could have like been in a mall like a fist fight with a bear and, real you quick. Would, and it would have done nothing yeah like if it would have yeah. grabbed onto steve and like actually decided he went hey this tastes good totally. steve taste bye good. bye steve hey steve <laughs> you taste good hey, here's okay so there's a couple of funny parts of the story if i'm going to tell a story i gotta tell a couple of funny parts to it too so we we head back up there that same morning with four wheelers and guns and like we left all of our shit up there right so mm-hmm. we wanted to get the hell out of there so we, we go up there to get our stuff and we all put our bags up on the trees and the only bag that got eaten was Steve's. So he, he ripped Steve up Steve's bag. Scent. Dude, he had it out for him. And our air mattress was in a tree. So he came back, ripped up our air mattress and threw it into a tree. He's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, my air mattress. Yeah, and there was like aerosol cans, like uh, bug spray cans that are metal that he bit into. And I used to have this Shit. this bug spray can that's a metal bug spray, uh, like mosquito spray. And yeah. there was holes in it of his teeth. Dude, yeah, that's crazy, pretty, man. Pretty cool. Fuck, dude. That's but, a crazy story. Yeah. Stuff like that, like, that's happened in my life. I'm just kind of like, block out, move on with my life. And <laughs> it's just, it's hard to, like, go back to those times. And, and it was an awesome story at the end of the day, but it was certainly, like, one of those stories that could have yeah. been life-altering. I'm trying to think of the craziest thing that's happened to me. I got peed on at Coachella. <laughs> dude, that's actually a really funny story. 
That's a funny story. So I went to Coachella. So I think this was my. I think it was the second year that I went. No, not to interrupt. Is uh, Coachella or like Burning Man happening? Probably not. No, no. I mean, it, I kind of, I kind of caught the tail end of going to Coachella before it was like a trendy thing to do. Um, but you remember the first time I went, I was like, I came back and I was like, I'm a changed man because it, it's it's really fun. It's just really exhausting. Um, uh, yeah, I got peed on at Coachella. I met these girls. <laughs> I met these girls, um, I was single at the time and I met these girls and I was kind of under the influence of stuff. Like I was on, I think I was rolling on Molly and it was just, I was just having fun and, and, uh, yeah, I met these girls and they're like, let's, let's go to your fucking tent. And I was like, okay, let's go. And then, uh, I was being respectful, being sweet. And then I thought that we were going to like, just kind of like hook up in a tent and, uh, me and this other girl like started kind of like making out and stuff and like it was about to happen and then like this other girl like got completely naked and then we you know we started in the act or whatever and then uh yeah she uh just stood up and <laughs> peed on me and i kicked her <laughs> that's so like incomprehensible like to well, understand. Dude, and, like imagine going through that when you're like under the influence of i mean like i was on on the love drug so i was feel i was very in, like, but, like warm water, but, warm water. Uh, no but like I, I literally like went like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> And then I never said, then they took off and there's a lot more to that story, but for the time's sake, I'm not going to go into it. But yeah, that was a crazy, there's a lot, a lot of crazy things like just like on tour and just whatever, but that's happened to me. But there's a, there's a lot of things. Me and you, fuck dude, me and you have had a lot of experiences too. Maybe uh, not appropriate for this podcast. For sure. Past life. Past lives. But I've done a lot of things together with you. Um, Well, Mike Allen, where can people find you? Instagram. Uh, yeah, Instagram. I, mean, I haven't had a Facebook for literally five years. Yeah. So uh, Fuck that's Facebook, interesting. Yeah, but yeah, Facebook owns Instagram. So it's like, whatever, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, underscore Mike. M underscore Allen. And zero one, I believe. Okay. So uh, go follow Mike Allen, everybody. I, I, I love you, man. Um, so good seeing you. And I appreciate all the things that you said. And, and I hope everybody can kind of take something from, you know, what Mike said about, you know, overcoming personal biases, overcoming struggles when, when things are hard, seeing the forest through the trees and how I had to do and how to do so. He's a, I love you, man. You're one of my best friends. And I just, I appreciate you so love much. You too, bro. So thanks, thanks so much so for all much. you do. And by the way, this podcast is phenomenal and I, I really enjoy thanks, all man. these new you know, series that you're coming out with and I'm excited to watch it grow. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's it everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Everything I've kept up inside of me is having its way with me. I can't hold on. And nothing I've let go